0: Welcome to Practical Access. I'm Lisa Deeker. She seemed unsure of her name for a second. (laughs) I still am, is what I almost
1: said. And I'm Rebecca Hines. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, today, Lisa, I want to talk about one of my favorite things. And it's going to seem like an interesting choice. Okay. So I'm ready. Surprise me. Yeah. Working with, but maybe even more so, advocating for kids with emotional behavioral Uh, disorders. Yes. I'm shocked. I know, right? It's <laughs> is, is, is one of the things yeah. that, you know, throughout my career, the truth is my trajectory has been interesting because I, I have talked so much and, you know, presented so much PD on collaboration, co-teaching, et cetera. But my roots and my heart has always been in working with those kids whose behavior, you know, is, is such a barrier to their success. And, you know, when I – I've had a a chance to work with some districts on that topic, and I I love it. But my message is always this. We have to think differently about these most challenging kids. And it starts with thinking about and remembering that behavior is just communicating something. Yes. (laughs) Bizarrely sometimes, but something, yes. And I think that it's hard for people to understand – the homes and the communities and the circumstances that some kids bring to school.
0: And some kids just mentally bring such a, you know, fabulous home, but mental health
1: issues, Well, walk right, the door. Yeah. That's, that's the thing because yeah. trauma in particular, we hear yeah. a lot about trauma these days. Trauma definitely is a causation yeah. in some cases, yeah. you know, in, in my work, early on, as a teacher of kids with, with severe emotional behavioral disorders. In my classroom, I had 10 boys. And out of my 10 boys, eight had previously been, or were currently being, sexually abused at home. Now that didn't have anything to do with class or anything else, you know? Um, and in, in when, a, when a child is coming to your classroom, with that kind of a situation you know there's no consequence you can apply that's more aversive than what they live through all the time but now we shouldn't assume that of every
0: classroom of kids with behavior disorders there I could will be say multiple, reasons. multiple
1: reasons there's multiple reasons it is there it's a very high percentage yes. i'll tell you yes. of kids with severe emotional behavioral disorders yeah. um, who have have abuse uh, In their background. Yeah. And other situations, I, you know, had kids whose parents were, um, you know, drug addicts, you know, lived in complete chaos. I had a young man who was actually, you know, I I ran a classroom that was very student-centered, and I really tried to teach kids to manage behavior from the inside out. Mm -hmm. And I'm not even going to talk specifically about how to run a classroom for kids with EBD today, but... You know there was a real intentional push to get kids to learn self-management you know and And, self-discipline and and i'll
0: just add like the student i had who struggled the most amazing parents dad was high-ranking federal official yeah mom was amazing but just so much and that young head well it, created the same struggles that sure. I saw for
1: kids with trauma. So sure. there's just this Because whole there's range. there's definitely organic yeah. Yeah. causations yeah. as well. Yeah. You know there are, there are biophysical reasons. Absolutely. There are social you know yeah. reasons. There are ecological you yeah. know abuse type things. So there's lots of different reasons yeah. that kids walk in with that. But I guess the point is that no one no one can see that. And all they see is the behavior. Yeah, absolutely. Or the fear of it. Like, I
0: fear the word. What does it mean? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so, so these kids who come in, if you're teaching or working with or have a child who's young, who's exhibiting behavior that's far from the norm if we can start thinking about that first and foremost is what is this child communicating to me? Mm -hmm. There's a need (laughs) being communicated. And to your point, you know, there are times when it is a neurological Mm -hmm. difference. Mm -hmm. And so maybe that need is a biophysical Mm -hmm. one, you know? But most often, we, instead of looking at this and looking at it as a puzzle, we look at it as, you know, oh, this kid does not belong. Mm-hmm. And it's ironic that we always think that the best way to help a student with severe emotional behavioral disorders, you know, is to put them with other kids yeah. who have the same situation. <laughs> Let's make sure they understand how to stay in trouble. Yeah. yeah. So so, so I guess one of the things that I would like to think about today is, you know, what exactly, what's the actual definition, what does it even mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think that's a huge misunderstanding in the
0: field, I agree.
1: Yeah, so so generally there's five there's five, right. things. One is an inability to learn that can't be explained by intellectual um, sensory reasons. Okay. So
0: I like to say, see if you agree, kids with a- emotional behavior disorders have average to above average IQ. They have to. So they're smarter, smarter than everybody else they in your have class. To. Yes. That's one of the
1: first things I teach my <laughs> undergrads technically you sh- you are if your behavior is because you don't understand right. the rules and you have an intellectual deficit it's not a, it's not an emotional behavioral right. disorder you have an intellectual disability and behavioral issues right. Right. right but you you almost never see kids with both labels right so understanding that these are kids who can achieve at the same rate as other students in your classroom but they're yeah. not they're not, exactly. and we don't we don't know why. Right. Okay, so that's yep. that's one one thing. Um, another is this inability, again, part of the defining characteristics: inability to build interpersonal relationships with peers, teachers, and other adults. Okay, yep, so absolutely. That one we all see. You know, we all see with kids with with EBD. I, and if I, it's part of their
0: disability, then it means it's
1: not their fault. <laughs> Well, exactly. You it mean they, they, they don't like me, well, and it's yeah. yeah. So why why are people surprised? It's yeah. funny because you know I one case was being observed, and they said, "Wow, that kid you know talked out four times during your class period." And this was a, an administrator evaluating you know keeping their evaluation. Well, he talked out without raising his hand four times during their class period I said sir will you look at his IEP where it says he won't cuss at me more than 10 <laughs> times in a class period you should be telling me I just did a fantastic job cuz he was at least on topic yeah, yeah. calling out Absolutely. you know but it's this misunderstanding yeah, you know yeah. of these behaviors um, inappropriate types of behavior or feelings under normal circumstances yeah. so you know the student who I've had students in inclusive in and non-inclusive classrooms who, I will say something to them and they give me such a bizarre response. Or I've had a student jump up and say, why are you staring at me? I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm literally just teaching, you know what I mean? But yeah. they are sitting there yeah. thinking something yeah. else. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter yeah. if I feel like it's bizarre or, you know, it's an interruption. It's like something's going on internally yeah. with this child that is is far from the norm. Um, this general pervasive mood of unhappiness yeah, or depression. So tough. that's a four. So tough. And of all of, of all of the characteristics that I've seen among all of my kids that I've worked with with EBD, that is the one that yeah. is most it's prevalent, and it's, and
0: it's frightening, and it's frightening. It's frightening.
1: increasingly more frightening. Yes, more frightening. But this this mood of unhappiness or depression. I I saw among all of my students. And the one thing that it made me think of, and ever since this has bothered me, so I hope any listeners will take this to heart, if this feeling of unhappiness or depression is a defining characteristic of the disability, why are there no IEP goals Mm -hmm. written on how to help a child learn to feel more happiness well or my favorite
0: is just be happy you're okay yeah right it's like right yeah uh, yeah. i don't know how you feel happy but it doesn't work
1: (laughs) yeah absolutely and the final you know defining characteristics is this this tendency to develop literal symptoms and fears in school situations school problems so again if you think of this behavior as a response to fear you might treat the behavior differently right so, I'm not going to share big ideas, you know, as we kind of close up things. this, but I, I think it's important for everyone to understand what it even means. So, I don't have every solution. I can right. tell you that I will help anybody who wants to try to help kids with these situations. Sure. But the biggest things, if we can think differently about the behavior itself, because it's not, you know, it, there are kids... There's a difference between disturbing behavior and yes. disturbed behavior, yeah. and well, we see little things, right? Cussing—that's c- right. just disturbing. It's disturbing, <laughs> yeah, 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 But yeah. it doesn't mean the child is disturbed. disturbed, right, right, <laughs> right.
0: Well, and I'll just—I'll kind of end with kind of a quick thought here. Is one. You know, I go back to normal intelligence and knowing their background and connecting with them. But I always, 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 and again, having my own son who had Tourette's that people wanted to think was EBD, but I'm like, no, 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 trust me, you know, he doesn't have all those characteristics you just mentioned. Like, that's a right. very definite, right. but I would always remind myself when I had students in my classroom or when I worked with them, is the only thing I can change is myself. Right. I, I can't change that kid feels unhappy and I can teach that kid strategies, but I have to go, and I am the high-energy Mary Poppins person, but when I have a kid who's sad, I try to go where they are. Mm -hmm. I don't try to say, you need to be happy like me. And I think we often see that tension for that group of if you just let me, I'll show you how to be okay, Mm -hmm. instead of let me understand where
1: you're at and Mm -hmm. go where you are. And as a person who taught that specific population, I helped, my whole goal, was to help them to connect with something that yeah. did make them feel happiness. Yes. Yeah. So I did have enhanced stations and opportunities for art, for music, I had a keyboard you know, and a headset. I had you know, things for people, to, I asked myself, what makes me happy? And you know what makes me happy? Being around other people, um, doing things, feeling cared for, I really made a list. And this is what I would ask everyone to do. Make a list of what makes you happy, and ask yourself, how can I help any kid who's struggling? Even if they don't have an EBD diagnosis, if I see someone struggling, what what little layer, what can I bring or give them access to to help them to start to tap into something that feels better? I mean, it's the simplest statement, but starting there. And also, the building and maintaining interpersonal relationships, if we only pull kids out, they never have a chance to practice that skill. Well, thank you for that. A little bit of passion there. Um, If
0: you have any questions, please send them. And I know Dr. Hines will answer them um, on our Facebook page at Practical Access or send us a tweet at Access Practical.